Hello and welcome to the Next Shift Podcast, a place for current and former law enforcement to come together and share stories of life after law enforcement. I promise you it's not as scary as you might think, and life is not over just because your career is. I'm your host, Jess Flores, and I myself have transitioned out of the field. And while it's definitely been one of the hardest and scariest things I've ever had to do, it has also been one of the most rewarding. It's what led me to rediscovering my identity without the job, redefining my purpose and what it kind of looks like now, and reigniting passions I had kind of let go to the wayside. It's what led me to creating Next Shift LLC and now this podcast. It is my mission to help you create your next shift by helping you remember who you are behind the badge. You'll hear stories from those who have already made the transition, their spouses and their perspectives of the transition, as well as some resources. Thank you so much for being here. I look forward to serving you. What is up, Next Shift fam? It is your girl, Jess, back with another solo episode. Once again, I'm going to keep this short and sweet and to the point. I feel like sometimes the interview episodes get a little longer and I know time is precious and you're choosing to spend it with me and with our guests so I'm going to try to keep all of my episodes this season fairly short. I wanted to keep this one or I wanted to start this one I should say after a few conversations I've had um, when it comes to like the actual time to transition and really some things that can help set you up for success. We've had four debrief events now and it is so awesome to see Those who have transitioned come together with those who are still in looking at what the transition might look like and how to get prepared for it and to hear the advice given from the people who have transitioned and what helped them be successful. There tends to be pretty common themes, so I wanted to put those themes together in three things that will help you have a successful transition out of law enforcement. And to be really honest, the sooner you can develop these three things, even within your career, the better and smoother your career will go, I can promise you. Don't take as long as I took to learn these lessons. But the three things are self-awareness. And you guys have heard me talk about self-awareness on this podcast before. You've heard me talk about it in posts or reels or really anything that I put out there content-wise. And it is something that a lot of us seem to lack for some reason. And whether that's because we're in this group mentality when we're in the field that we're just surrounded by other people who are acting and doing and being the same way that we are, that we don't really see a problem with it. It's what's accepted, um, but it's when you can step outside of that. And again, I've talked about friends outside of law enforcement and maintaining relationships outside of law enforcement that can help with this, but so can things like working with a coach or a mentor or a therapist um, to really help you keep perspective on things and to help you become aware of what your triggers are, of what really sets you off, of what makes you happy, what makes you feel a sense of purpose, um, what drives you. And I've got some definitions that I'm going to use for each one of these three things. They all came from the New Oxford American Dictionary. But for self-awareness, it said it's a conscious knowledge of one's character, feelings, motives, and desires. And I, for one, feel like I lost awareness of all of those things when I became a cop, maybe not initially, but once I was out there for a while, once I was working the streets and the inner city dealing with 
shit after shit after shit call. Um, and the worst of the worst, really developing this very negative view of society. And I've, that's not a secret. I talk about that all the time. I developed that and then I allowed it almost to consume me. I didn't go out and seek help. I didn't seek a mentor or a therapist or a coach. I don't even know that that was really a term used back then or a, or a profession by other people. Um, but it was like, I took all of my morals and values, not all of them, a lot of them, and almost tossed them completely out the window when it came to work, almost as a survival mechanism. Like if I'm going to stay alive out here, I've got to act, say, and do A, B, and C. Um, and I have to fit into this culture of what everybody else is doing if I'm going to make it out here and not be the outcast and have backup and all of these different things. Pretty crazy to think about, but that is exactly how I felt. Maybe you can relate to that. Maybe you can't. I have heard multiple people recently talk about the incredible culture that their police department had when they were in the field. And that it wasn't this good old boys club or it wasn't this, um, what do you want to say? It wasn't this toxic as fuck culture where everybody's just talking shit on everybody. And, oh, I heard this about so-and-so. Did you hear this? Or what did you hear? Oh, wow. And it's this game of telephone that is actually none of it correct. But I threw so many of those things out the window and gave it all to the job. And that is one thing that it took several years of being out of the field to finally look back and be like, oh, oh, wow, that is not okay. And to really actually reflect on all of those things. Again, journaling is fantastic for this. If you have a journal and you are able to get it out when you feel triggered or maybe make a voice note or a a note in your phone about that and then journal about it later when you have time, somehow make a note of what those things are. When you feel challenged, when you feel angry, when you feel sad, when you feel joy, all of those different things, what sets those things up for you and what do you do to either combat it or really lean into it? The next thing you have to have and you have to develop if you're going to be successful in this life after law enforcement, and again, this one can also help while you're in the field, but humility. And the New Oxford American Dictionary says for that definition, it's modest or low view of one's own importance, humbleness. We've all heard the word humble. We've all been told that um, to not forget where you came from, yet it's not something that is modeled very often in policing. It's like once you get to a certain rank, you forget every freaking place you've ever been, everything you've ever done, and what it was like to be in those roles. And more often than not, what I've seen in my own personal experience at multiple different departments is that you get to this certain rank and you don't even care anymore about what it is those people in the ranks below you are facing what they're doing, what they're dealing with. Um, You don't make an effort to go out and make sure you understand your people and what it is they're going through to have conversations with them or even know them by freaking name, depending on the size of your department. You just walk by and either walk by them or, hey, and you can't even call them by their name because you don't know. And this is where one of those ego things comes in and you have to set your ego aside There is nothing wrong with communicating with people below you, just FYI. (laughs) Um, You can go out there and you can have conversations with your people. You can actually learn from your people who are still doing the job. I think we've all been in situations where we have had decisions made by command staff or upper management, depending on what role you're in currently. That makes absolutely no sense. And you're like, what in the world? Why would they think that that's okay? Or why would they do that? That makes no sense. 
And it's because somebody who has been so far removed from what this job entails that they don't know and they were too egotistical to ask somebody actually doing it, hey, what would this change look like for you? Or hey, we're thinking about changing X, Y, or Z. What are your thoughts on that? How, or even just, hey, we know some changes need to be made, but we've been out of it for so long. What would help you in your uniform or your car or your daily duties or whatever it is? Be freaking humble. Be okay with saying, I don't know everything. Be okay asking for help. Be okay going to the person next to or below you and saying, so I'm not so great at this, but I know you're really great at this based on X, Y, or Z. Can you help me with this? It will get you so mother freaking far. And the third thing that you have to have or develop is vulnerability. And the dictionary says that that is a state of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. Something all of us, I am <laughs> I keep forgetting I'm not on video sometimes, but I just held my arms up and like a cross in front of me or an X is like, Absolutely not. I'm not doing that. And I get that. I, it is all of these things here are things that maybe we don't utilize a whole lot in the field because we, again, a defense mechanism. It keeps us in the moment. It keeps us sharp. It keeps us on edge. It keeps us to where we feel we can stay alive better by pushing these things aside. And to a degree, I 1000% understand that. But again, when you're getting out, when you're prepping to get out, these are things that you have to embrace. And when it comes to vulnerability, I don't necessarily mean sitting there crying with people on calls or crying and sharing parts of your story you're not ready to share or literally anything at all about that. Anytime in this life that we do or share or say anything, someone is going to have something to say about it. And you have to be okay with that, whether it's good, bad, you know, whatever. You have to be able to share what you need to share and be open to taking those attacks. I will tell you that when you get out of the field and let's say, for instance, you show up to say a debrief event or you show up in a room full of people at like a networking event and you are asked to share or a training, let's say you're asked to share about you or part of your story, something like that. And you're like, oh my God, I can't be vulnerable. I can't be relatable. But yes, that is what people are craving out here. They want to know that you're human. They want to know that you have emotion and feelings and that you are not a robot. Like that is the, the robot mentality is just not okay. <laughs> and I lived it for so damn long to look back and be like, roll my eyes at it and be like, Jessica, what the hell were you doing? That's insane. And while I get very vulnerable, whether on the podcast or in my posts, and I share a whole lot of things that some people are like, I could never <laughs> share that. Um, I've also been out for eight years now, almost eight years, and it's taken a lot of time. It took consistent effort. It took those feedbacks from people who were like, oh my God, thank you for saying what is in my head or thank you so much for sharing that because I went through something similar or um, messages that pour in and literally complete strangers are pouring out their story to me in a message who have never met me, never talked to me, never anything because I related to them and made them feel seen and heard. And that is not at all bragging um, or anything like that. It is literally so gosh darn humbling that people are willing to come and share those things that I just, I will never get over it. It is one of the most impactful things I think I've ever been able to do. And it's not for me, it's for other people. One thing I do want to say about vulnerability or really developing any of these, and when you come to a point where you're willing to share them, again, I said everybody is going to have 
um, something to say and something that's come up a lot lately um, from people who definitely don't know me or know anything about what I'm doing. They're just kind of maybe seeing one thing or looking from the outside and not getting a whole totality of the picture um, is that when you share your story and your journey, whether it's good, the goods or the bads of it or both, and people may only see one part of it, they like to make claims that you are either complaining or you're bragging. But here's the deal. This is your story about your journey and you sharing your story has moments of good and bad. And it is not bragging. It is not complaining by just sharing your story. People are always going to have something to say and that is what a block button is for because you don't need that kind of negativity when you finally get to a point where you are self-aware enough of your own damn emotions, you're humble enough to know that you fucked up before and you're vulnerable enough to share those things in order to help those coming up after you. And so with that, I want to wrap up this episode. I said I would keep it short. We're right around the 12-minute mark. Um, again, thank you for spending your time with me. If there is a topic that you want to see covered, if there is a guest you want to see featured, if you yourself want to share your transition out of law enforcement story, please reach out. Let me know. Um, I've had people reach out who are still in and want to share, and I love, <laughs> I love that you are wanting to share your story, and I will encourage you to start sharing your story whether it's on your own social medias, on other podcasts for people who are still in law enforcement. But the focus of Next Shift and the Next Shift podcast is for those people who have gotten out and to really highlight this topic of the transition and all of the things that come with it. So until next time, I'll chat with you soon. Well, that does it for this episode. Thank you so very much for choosing to spend your time with me. If you loved it, I'd be honored if you shared it with a friend or your social media network, but be sure to tag me so I can reach out and personally thank you. Until next time, see you next shift.